Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Curry with a dribble off the handoff, goes to the left side, fires away, off balance, defender near, and knocked it down. He's on one right now. He's got 30. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Well, that looked like Golden State Warriors basketball. Evan Giddings here, live from Thrive City at Dumpling time, in fact, and look, I got a lot of great food in front of me, got a lot of great company around me, and it is all good vibes in this building right now and right outside of Chase Center because of what the Golden State Warriors have now done in their last four games, which is put together successive wins. Of course, Brooklyn, Portland over the weekend, the marquee victory on Tuesday against Boston, and then here tonight with the return of Jordan Poole at Chase Center. They pretty much put together their stressless victory of the season. I know the final score was 11 points, and that was primarily due to a late run uh, by the Wizards bench. But a 129-118 win for the Warriors, that is the most calm that I have felt about the Warriors and a victory, even though I, I know they trailed a little bit early. Washington get out to an 8-2 start. You never really felt like the game was in doubt, and that's what we've become accustomed to watching over these years with Stephen Curry and these Golden State Warriors. Now, it hasn't been the case throughout this season as much, especially last season with the ups and downs, but when Jordan Poole comes back into the building, the Golden State Warriors get their best play extracted against a team that they should have beaten, that they should have dominated, that they should have handled, I should say, and they did all three of those things here tonight to now improve to 500. Look, this team is right now 14-14, and 14, gives themselves the opportunity tomorrow, hosting Portland again at 530, to go above 500 for the first time since November 12th. I mean, this was a team that got out to a 5-1, 6-2 start that looked like they might have something cooking, and then boom, Denver, Cleveland, Minnesota twice, Oklahoma City twice, and they fall into a rut. And it just now feels like they're digging themselves out of that hole. Now, a lot of different things, of course, played into the, the losing streak and some of the inconsistent play. But tonight, you had no Draymond Green. You knew that. You had no Gary Payton II. You knew that. You also find out before the game that Andrew Wiggins is missing this game with an illness, and yet the Warriors did not skip a beat. In fact, they did not skip a beat to the tune of Stephen Curry scoring, very similar to a lot of former Warriors teams, 30 points, 27 minutes, rested for the entire fourth quarter as the Warriors pretty much cruised in this game. It was a collective effort, and there's a lot to get into, and I can't wait what people have to say about this game. At 888-957-9570 is the number. Feel free to call in. Also the number for the Comcast Business Text Line. What's up to everyone on YouTube? I see you doubling Marge, my guy TJD with back-to-back double-doubles. By the way, that puts him in a company with three rookies now, himself included. That's Chet Holmgren and Victor Wembenyama. Trace Jackson Davis now the only three rookies to have registered double-doubles in back-to-back -back games. How's it going? See, everyone's been so friendly here at Dumpling Time. Feel free to stop on by if you're listening on your Odyssey app on the way out. If you might be watching on YouTube on your phone, feel free to stop by Dumpling Time. Grab some amazing food here at Thrive City, and if not, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Aussie Rules on YouTube. Kaminga getting on the glass. Committing effort. I, I think Jonathan Kaminga, to me, has come into his own. I mean, even going back before Draymond Green got suspended, I know that's where a lot of people's minds are going to go, but Kaminga has been playing the most consistent basketball of his career. And statistically, there were some stretches last season in which he was really good. I don't want to take that from him. But to me, the difference is the confidence that Kaminga is playing with. In a lot of games prior, it looked like Kaminga was going so fast that he was, he's, he's an uber athlete, probably the best one on the team. He can get up and down the court with the best of them, and he did so tonight. But even with how explosive he is, the game looks like it is slowing down 
for Jonathan Kaminga. And as a result of that, this is now the eighth straight game with double digits. He was efficient tonight. It didn't even feel like he really had to work for his buckets. And, and this is why, like, Kaminga's a different player, certainly, than the guy that I'm about to talk about. But Andre Iguodala was someone to me that was always a nuisance and a pest defensively. And then pretty much didn't have to get his own shot offensively. Could if he wanted to. Could take it at the rack. But was a guy that pretty much could walk his way into 10 or 15 points in his heyday. Kaminga, in my opinion tonight, he walked his way into 22 points. I also want to highlight the fact that, yes, he was 9 of 11. He only took two threes, and both of them were wide open looks. But I didn't think Kaminga settled. He was obviously active defensively, active on the offensive glass, had a, had a great you know, tip dunk, um, and also had a steal. And he's able to get this team some easy baskets. And again, against a team like Washington, they're by no means world beaters. They're five and twenty-three. They're three and fifteen on the road. But this is a team that the Warriors should handle at home. And you would expect them to control it wire to wire, which again they didn't. The first quarter there was a little bit of uh, a blip that they overcame. But then after halftime, three-point game, 63-60. Jordan Poole hits a late three to cut it to three. And then you kind of look at the third quarter and you wonder exactly where this game's going to go. And I thought that pretty much everyone in the second half played together, played intelligent, played confidently, and they played like a team that knew that they were better than the team on the other side. And I'm sure they knew that the entire game, but for them to establish that in the third quarter and for Curry really to pick it up in that third quarter in which the Warriors score 38 points, Curry has four three-point shots made in less than six minutes, basically. Ended up with 13 in the quarter, 30 for the game, 8 of 13 from downtown, 9 of 18 from the floor, also seven assists. Like, I, I know that, and this is where the, the plus-minus numbers probably going to lie a little bit for Curry. Like, he was a minus one tonight, and that's probably because he was on the floor to start. Starters have a bit of a slow start, yada, yada. But in that third quarter, to me, you saw the change. Like, Steph, I thought, let the game come to him in a way that We've certainly seen throughout his career, but it's been ups and downs throughout the season, I think, because he knows that he's had to be more aggressive, especially as a scorer with how up and down the offense has been. Tonight, I thought he let the game come to him. To me, he was a point guard in the first quarter. You saw that with five assists in the first 15 minutes. And then I thought he was a shooting guard in the third quarter when he began to hunt. And when Washington kind of inexplicably was just like sagging off, and I don't know if he sort of set that up, Steph did, because he was a little passive in the first quarter. But once the defense started to essentially give him these looks, I mean, you know what's going to happen. The, the, the chef is going to do some damage. And I, I thought he was really good tonight and got himself some well-earned rest. Like in any game you look at and the Warriors win and Stephen Curry's playing less than 30 minutes, that to me is two Ws because you get your 35-year-old the requisite rest that he needs, but he also is able to give you an efficient and effective and dominant performance that results in you being victorious. So 888-957-9570 is the number. Evan Giddings with you on Warriors Live, live from Dumpling Time here at Thrive City, just outside of Chase Center. And uh, just going through some of these texts on the Comcast business text line, <laughs> a lot of uh, understandable, you know, Jordan Poole commentary coming in, Jordan Poole 25 shots, volume shooting. Um, you know, I, I, I think, look, and that, that was a major storyline of this game. To me, here's, here's what I have to say about JP. I thought that Jordan Poole's reception... And standing ovation, honestly, from being inside Chase Center tonight, saw probably 90 to 95% on their feet. And Jordan Poole seemed very appreciative of that. I thought the reception was deserved. I did not necessarily expect it, though, because of the acrimonious ending in his time in Golden State. So I was, I was honestly proud. I was happy to see that the majority of Warriors fans gave the love to this kid that helped them capture a fourth championship. And you saw him before the game. Poole was embraced by his teammates. The crowd was loving him during the ovation. And then he also showed love after the game. I don't know if many people saw this. Shout out to my guy Chris here at Dumpling Time. Take it easy, brother. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this after the game, but Jordan Poole was signing autographs for fans after getting dapped up. He had a, he had a jersey swap with Kevon Looney. And he was sitting there being a man of the people. So I, 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 thought, it was, I thought it was good from multiple perspectives, and also it was classic Jordan Poole. Like, you want to actually talk about what happened in the game? It was a classic vintage almost Jordan Poole game from what we know, which is, um, you know, 25 points, 7 of 21 from the field, 3 of 12 from 3, 8 of 9 from the line, 
Um, definitely was not the worst player for, for the Wizards tonight, and I thought, excuse me, hit a couple of stretches. Um, but it was, it was a JP, I'm just going to let this ball fly type of game. And it's something that he's done a lot in Washington. Uh, so I want to hear from you. Whether it's about Jordan Poole, whether it's about what you thought of this game, whether you thought about where the Warriors are at right now, 14-14, and 14, 500, two games above 500 at home, by the way, starting to stabilize at Chase Center. And then they have a chance to go above 500 tomorrow against another beatable team in Portland. So 888-957-9570 is the number. Let's get out to Junior in Pacifica. What's up, Junior? You're on with Evan on Warriors Wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. What's up? Evan, it's great, to, it's great to hear from you. Uh, I love watching the game. And the thing I want to call attention to is the kingdom. Uh-oh. It's last three or four games. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a nine-day change. He's walking around. He's walking around. Don't have a lot on the court. It's wonderful to see. Interesting. No, Junior, it's kind of tough to pick up your call there, but I and correct me if I'm wrong, feel free to text in at 888-957-9570, but it sounded like the gist of the call was there seems to be a different energy. Like the vibes are absolutely different for the Golden State Warriors right now. And I don't know whether it's because of the absence of Draymond. I don't know whether it's because Steve Kerr is obviously given more trust and these younger players have earned Steve Kerr's trust to the point where Trace Jackson Davis played another 25 minutes tonight, got more minutes than Kevon Looney, got more minutes than Dario Scharch. I know he came in off the bench, but 10 points, 15 rebounds, five offensive boards, a block. I mean, catching lobs. The Warriors, I, I don't have a number for it, but the amount of alley-oops that they threw tonight, whether they were successful or not, almost had me feeling like this was a team from before the pandemic. Like, this was a 2019-2018 team that had a big that finally can get to the basket and poses a lob threat, but also one that you have to respect on the other side. To me, that's where Trace Jackson Davis and his impact has become magnificent for Golden State is you always have to be aware of where he is around the rim. And one thing that I was really concerned about at the beginning of this season, and even kind of had been up until the last few games, was look at the team stats every single night and you see the points in the paint discrepancy between the Warriors and their opponent. To me, Trace Jackson Davis, not completely, but his presence allows openings for other players. I also think Kaminga has been much more focused and aggressive at attacking the rim. It, it, Brandon Pachemski has been burrowing into the paint. Chris Paul has been looking to set up different players on the inside. You know, I, I think that all of that combined, to me, allows for the Warriors that offensively they are more, more free-flowing. They can play with more pace, and they also tonight took care of the basketball. I know they had more turnovers than Washington, but 12 turnovers for a Warriors basketball team that's moving the rock, to me, is a very good place to be, and the guy who embodied that to me was Chris Paul tonight. You look at, and this is where I talked about how plus-minus lied as far as Steph's line is concerned. Plus-minus did not lie with Chris Paul's line tonight because he, has, he scored only four points. He was two of seven. But he had ten assists, seven defensive rebounds, which was tied for the second most in the team tonight, but a plus-27 for Chris Paul in 25 minutes, and he was a major reason why they were able to gain separation in that third quarter. He, along with Trace Jackson Davis, because I, I do want to also throw him in there too, I think the chemistry that they have already created together, to me, as a, a, a bench unit, uh, right now I love the fact that Chris Paul and TJD are able to come in off the bench. They did so earlier in the game, immediately go on a little you know, plus nine run, uh, plus ten run to end that first quarter and stabilize things after the starting lineup got out to a bit of a slow start. I thought the second unit was really good again tonight. And you look at the whole team, six players in double digits, including Trace Jackson Davis. So to me, like the, the combination of CP3 and TJD, who I want to touch on a little bit more in a bit, I think has been awesome for this team right now and a big reason why they're playing some winning basketball. I want to get it back out to the phone lines, though. Hit uh, Chino and Patterson. What's up, Chino? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up with Evan Giddings on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? How you doing, man? Yeah, Matt, exactly what you were saying. I have a question. Uh, what what do we have to do to get, actually, uh, Trace Jackson to start over Looney? Oh. <laughs> I know there's, there's going to be a lot of these questions. And, in fact, one thing that I continuously thought of throughout this game, that's a fantastic call, Chino. Appreciate you chiming in here on Warriors Wrap-Up, is the fact that, if the Warriors continue to play like this, and like they'll, they'll probably lose some games. They actually got a tough uh, slate coming up next week, beginning first with Christmas, 
and then a tough five-game uh, five homestand. But you look at the way that the Warriors are playing. Mike Dunleavy Jr., whenever Draymond Green comes back, when Andrew, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins starts to play a little bit better, there's going to be some really difficult choices to make with this basketball team. And it's probably going to have to come down to Steve Kerr. And I've come down Kerr's road for the beginning of the, maybe not the beginning of the year, they're playing good basketball, but you know, primarily the losing stretch in which it seems like there's a little bit of distrust with the younger guys. I do think that we have to stop saying, well, what happened to this guy? Or where was this guy? Because to me, as much as, yeah, Kaminga probably should have been playing more. Um, Pajemski probably should have been, Trace Jackson obviously should have been playing more. To me, they're playing now, and they're impacting winning basketball. So I know the Warriors could probably be in a better spot. They might have a better record. Who's to say? To me, I want to focus on what these players are doing now, on what these young guys are doing now, and the amount of leash that Steve Kerr is giving them now. Now, there was an interesting stretch in the second quarter that actually allowed Washington to get back into the game. It was kind of a weird, like, four-guard lineup that Kerr went to, um, which featured, of course, the, the fan disfavorite, I feel like at this point, Corey Joseph, um, or at least the way that, that's, that's the way it felt on media row. Like, every time this guy comes in the game, people just start to, I don't know, get a little bit itchy. Um, and the Wizards kind of went on a, a little mini stretch there down the end of the, the second quarter, made it close, and then the Warriors returned the favor in the second half. So to me, I, I, don't, I don't know, like, it, it's really weird. The, the four-guard lineup situation there, to me, I think it's because Kerr is trying to create a situation where he doesn't have to play the OG's major minutes. And, of course, they didn't have to do that in the fourth quarter because they're winning by a lot. But I, I just wonder how he'll reevaluate those kind of five- to six-minute stretches in which this team can let other teams get back into games. And if you walk into halftime with a 10-point lead as opposed to a 3-point lead or even 8-point, 6-point lead, you know, if Poole doesn't hit that 3-pointer at the end of the half, you're looking at 6. I mean, maybe you're in a better position. I, I just I, I wonder where the, I guess, the, the trust is in a 4-guard lineup for this team. Now, it doesn't have to do with rebounding. Like, one thing that I was looking at before the game and we were talking about on Warriors Live was the fact that the Warriors are the number one rebounding team in the NBA. They're also the number one offensive rebounding team in the NBA. And lo and behold, they're also the shortest average team in the NBA across. They are six foot five as a roster. They are one of 11 teams without a seven footer. And yet they are the best rebounding team in basketball. Make that make sense. Uh, I know one of the reasons they were a great rebounding team tonight because Trace Jackson Davis was giving you everything and more. Uncle Looney, shout out on the YouTube chat. You know, Kaminga, TJD, those guys look great tonight. I'm with you. I'm also with Ed Batello on YouTube. Kerr is in a tough spot. And I think it's because right now you're looking at a Golden State Warriors roster that, sure, some players are going to be better suited for certain spots, but that's on the head coach. And if you have 12 playable players, now I think that the rotation is beginning to stabilize a little bit. But again, that's with the absence of three members of the rotation. Like Kerr was primarily playing nine men tonight because... You don't have Draymond. You don't have Wiggins. You don't have Gary Payton II. When those guys come back, they are going to have to play, and that means that that's going to have to come out of someone's ledger. You know, to me, and I understand our caller asking about when TJD is going to start over Looney, and I don't think that's out of the question if TJD continues to play well. But to me, Looney actually did not play that bad tonight. Like, I know he's had some rough games, um, but in that third quarter when the Warriors made their run, Looney was in the game. like He was a plus nine in the third quarter and was doing some things to help the Warriors. So I know that TJD's been much more impactful and is going to push him, but I would love to see him get pushed. I would love to see Looney get pushed. Just like I would love to see Kaminga continue to push Wiggins, taking his spot in the starting lineup and doing everything with it. Just like I love the fact that Brandon Pachemski is getting a chance in the starting lineup, is pushing guys. These younger players are pushing the veterans, and I think we're also seeing it manifest itself into a player like Klay Thompson. Klay Thompson had been coming out of his shooting slump even a couple weeks ago, but I think that with the, I don't know, the added energy and pace and free-flowing style of basketball that these young guys have gotten the Warriors back into, along with being spearheaded by, by Stephen Curry and Chris Paul, I think Klay Thompson's been allowed to, kind of like Curry tonight, kind of like Kaminga tonight, just play within a rhythm. 
and another steady Clay game tonight. Like, if, if we're looking at bullet points here, you know, Clay to me is probably fifth or sixth behind a lot of the, you know, the other big storylines this evening, but that doesn't mean he's any less important. Clay's been averaging 20 points a game and shooting 40% or more in December. He's now scored 20 points in seven of his last eight games. And it's not like he's taking bad shots. It's not like he's forcing it. It's not as if Klay Thompson is being the heat check king that shot the Warriors out of a couple of games last year. I think Klay Thompson has played within himself, and he did really did it at the beginning of the season. He wasn't shooting well, but you saw the amount of attempts that were way lower than last year. And I think that's because he's been trying to get his groove, but he's also been trying to ease his way into this season. And while some games he's forcing stuff and that, that happens, I think we're now seeing that begin to turn into something positive, which is when you have a feel and when you get your legs underneath it, when you start to find that shot, Klay Thompson is as deadly as any shooter that we have seen. He led the league in three-pointers last year. So I'm really glad to see Clay stabilizing. And I think the confidence, to, uh, to our caller's point earlier, has been really just running rampant throughout this roster right now. Uh, 888-957-9570 is the number. Let's get back out to the calls. Also, shout out to the Comcast Business text line. I see you. Also on YouTube, I appreciate you chiming in. Let's get out to Lewis in the Rich. I'm assuming Richmond, California. What up, Lou? You're on with Evan on Warriors Wrap-Up. How we doing? How you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's up? Yep. Okay, yeah, so, hey, I want to, you know, one of the things I think is Kuminga can really develop a lot better without Draymond being there. So I think that's going to improve his game. He plays so much freer when he doesn't have when he doesn't have Draymond sort of on his case and around there. So it's going to be interesting when Draymond comes back if Kuminga is going to go back in his shell or is Kuminga going to go uh, lean forward on what he's been doing. Good call. I'm with you. And uh, shout out to the five one zero. And this was uh, the, the clarification from from Junior. Uh, earlier um, about Kaminga. He finally looks like he belongs out there these last couple games. Uh, for the 5-1-0 again, I can't believe we're doing this well without Draymond Green. That's, that's what Lewis is talking about. And while I can believe that this team is able to play well without Draymond Green, I still yet do believe that this team can be helped by him. Now, that doesn't mean I want Draymond to come back immediately and be playing 30-35 minutes. But what I think that Draymond Green is going to have to do, if and when he comes back this season, is he's going to have to fit in. Like, this team is playing good basketball. If they continue to play good basketball, Draymond Green is going to have to figure out how he can be a positive to that. And if he can't, well, then we're going to have to reevaluate some things. But it's one of the reasons why I feel like Draymond is going to probably come off the bench when he returns because of the emergence of someone like Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga has never played more confident basketball to me that has equated to winning basketball against teams like Boston, in which he was sensational, against a, a, a team tonight like the Wizards, who albeit are not that good, but he took it to them, and he dominated from the moment that he stepped on the floor. Now, you know, you're going to have some misplays and, and things are going to happen. You're going to miss some shots. But I thought Kaminga played within himself and knew that he would, like, this is one of the things that, and maybe to the caller's point, I think they're trying to get at. To me, Jonathan Kaminga is playing like a player, even at age 21, that knows, like, he belongs in the NBA and that he can impose at certain points in the game his will on the tempo, on the defensive side of the ball, whether it's rebounding, he made some great passes tonight, and of course he can get busy at the rim. I thought when Jonathan Kaminga decided to put his head down, especially against a team like Washington, there are mismatches on that other side that he can take advantage of. And so I'm glad to see Jonathan Kaminga now scoring double digits successively, playing solid defense, and being able to help the Warriors by making good decisions, playing within himself, and using a physicality and athleticism that this team absolutely needs. That, to me, is independent of Draymond Green, and it's not about him. It's not about Wiggins. It's about Jonathan Kaminga. So as we move forward here on Warriors Wrap-Up, when I come back, I do want to hear from Steve Kerr. We also got your extending the three-point line highlight, your hardest worker of the game. All of that is coming up. I see you, Matt, in San Jose. Please stick on the line through the break. we got to hit one here. We'll come back for a short segment and get you out of here top of the hour. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Evan Gaining's here from Dumpling Time in Thrive City. Appreciate you all tuning in. Again, 888-957-9570 is the number if you want to chime in. Warriors win again. They beat the Washington Wizards by a final score score tonight 
of 129 to 118. They are 500. They've won four in a row. They're looking good. We'll dig into it on the other side. Wizards with the ball. Shamit, high pick and roll. Down the lane he goes to the cup. Knocked away. Just swallowed up by Jackson Davis, who takes the ball off the glass, gives it to Chris Paul. Front court, he'll set a screen for him. Down the lane, gets the lob and slams it down. Trace Jackson Davis doing it on both ends. 10-0 Warrior run. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. That was your voice of the Golden State Warriors, Tim Roy. As always, all 82 right here on your home for Warriors basketball, 95-7 the game. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. Evan Giddings with you here live from Thrive City at Dumpling Time. I can't lie, I've been digging into my, some Shao Bao or some Shang Bao. I apologize. Also, some uh, some flank steak fried rice they got here, which is just absolutely delicious. And I, I, I apologize to a couple of these workers because it's going to be a little bit cold by the time I'm done here. But I would recommend that everyone gets out here in order to enjoy some of the fantastic cuisine. Was at Ballast Point earlier for pregame. They hooked us up as well, doing the same here at Dumpling Time. So please show them some love the next time you're at Chase Center here at Thrive City. You heard, by the way, in that highlight, our hardest worker of the game tonight, and that is Trace Jackson Davis. Really hard to look anywhere else in my mind. There are a lot of hard workers in this game, but the guy that has provided a punch off the bench with his energy, with his athleticism, and with a sure-handedness around the rim, both offensively and defensively, honestly, has added a different dynamic to this Warriors team that has not been there this year as much as in the past, certainly. But I don't even know if they really had this kind of player last year. So if this is who you think Trace Jackson Davis is, then there's absolutely reason to believe that this kid is going to play 20 to 25, if not more, minutes per night. He played 29 in the OT win against Boston and closed. He plays 25 minutes again tonight. 10 points, 15 rebounds, five of them offensive, was only a plus 10 because he was in the game at the tail end when the Washington Wizards made their 11-0 stretch to cut it to what the inevitable score was, which was 129-118. to So TJD had a fantastic game, and he is our hardest worker of the game, brought to you by Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. If you're looking for a career in law enforcement, learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. Well, I promised our callers we'd get out to them before the break. Let's do it. Sterling, my man, can we please get to Matt in San Jose? Again, the number is 888-957-9570. That is also the number for the Comcast business text line. Matt, what's going on? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up with Evan. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Just listening to you on YouTube, and I just hit that thumbs up button. Oh, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Um, I just got a quick question to our post-game show, and my question is that there's an argument to be made. Does Draymond Green come off the bench in his return? I think that's a question that everyone is wondering, and a question that is fair, should absolutely be broached, and to me is one that the answer right now, the way they're playing, is yes. Like, you don't mess with a winning formula. I know that Draymond Green has got four championships. I know he's a Hall of Famer. But I also think that Draymond showed us last year in the postseason, after, remember, he got suspended against Sacramento, he asked to come off the bench. And I think that Draymond's a smart enough player to know that he can get back into the starting lineup. Maybe he can't, but to me, when you work your way back, especially from the position that Draymond is in, where he is going to have to prove and earn every single bit of confidence that we have in him moving forward because right now his we don't know if he's a changed man, if he's the same, if his attitude's going to be any different. I mean, by the time he comes back, he will have been suspended or ejected for more than half the game so far this season. So I think he's got a lot of personal work to do to earn back the trust, of course, of the fans out there, but, but the team as well. So in order for him to prove that he is moving in the right direction, I don't think he's going to be changed by any means. But to me, a perfect step to show that you are moving in the right direction is to come off the bench. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't play 30 minutes in a game. Like, Chris Paul is a guy that has gotten ample time. I think he played 35 minutes against Boston. He comes off the bench. Chris Paul played 25 minutes tonight. Trace Jackson Davis, 25 minutes tonight, off of the bench. So just because you're relegated 
or, or demoted, which is the way a lot of people look at it, to a, to a non-starting role, doesn't mean you're still not going to be able to get minutes with Steve Kerr. And Draymond Green obviously has his trust, but he's got to earn that back. And I think a great first step would be to come off the bench. Let's, uh, let's keep this thing rolling. and Let's stay in San Jose. Let's go out to Ben. Ben's in San Jose. What's up? You're on a Warriors wrap-up at 95-7 the game. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Um, I think the Warriors have had in the last four or five years, each, it's not each year, but we draft a big guy who's springy and that we love. We, we were super high on Jordan Bell, Eric Paschal, Damian Jones, obviously Wiseman. And now I feel like it's, it's Trace Jackson Davis. And I'm wondering why, why should we trust him? At what point can we trust him? Is, is he different than these guys or should I not get my hopes up yet? Cause it's been a good stretch and I'm into it. Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's a fair question. The Warriors have had a lot of rookies that people have liked. And I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and say, I expect Trace Jackson Davis to be, you know, a double, double machine for the next decade. Like players change leagues adapt, but for right now, Trace Jackson Davis has been a positive. And I think, more importantly, which is why you, you, you yourself are into him, and I think a lot of people are, I don't know anybody that's not, is because he's a great complement to what this team has been and what we believe that they can get back to, which is a team that can utilize and has. Honestly, you look at the 2015 through 2019 Golden State Warriors teams, they've always pretty much had a lob threat or a big that can defend the rim. Now I know TJD's not a traditional seven-footer, but... To the Comcast Business Text Line, uh, to their credit, they enlightened me earlier in the week when I was on with Steiny and Guru. Like, I didn't realize that TJD was as much of a shot blocker in college as he was. And he wa- he averaged like two and a half blocks per game his senior season. So this is a guy that has instincts on the defensive end that also match up with how he plays offensively. I don't know if he's a perfect player. I'm sure there's some things that he's going to be able to improve in his game. But to me, what he is is a player that has played over 120 games of college basketball that knows how to work with a system and that is able to check his ego at the door as, you know, of course, a second-round pick, but also a guy that knows he's got to earn his minutes and earn his way in. Like, TJD's not been given everything. He's also the son of a former player in Dale Davis. He's a consummate professional, it does appear. And he's also, he said it in the postgame today, playing with a chip on his shoulder because... He was taken 57th overall, and he thought that that was too low, and it's clearly looking like that was too low. TJD's looking like the steal of the draft right now, along with Brandon Pachensky, who was taken 19th overall. So right now, the Warriors, if you are not in love with their rookies, I got bad news for you because they're going to be playing a lot more. And sure, there's some things we're going to learn about them. They're not always going to be great, but I think that the difference with these two rookies is that, and I'm including Pachensky in there, they, to me, fit the system for a team that's ready to win games. Maybe not a championship yet, but win games, as opposed to the guys you mentioned, which were a little more plug-and-play. The teams were already great that they were on, the KD teams, the Steph teams, that include Jordan Bell and the likes, and then the Pascals, and I don't, I don't know if you want to throw, uh, who was it, Marmy Spellman? I know people went through a phase with him. Uh, those were players on bad teams, or a bad team, and so I think we got to see a lot more of them than we probably should have. Um, Let's hear from the head coach and Steve Kerr right before we get to the top of the hour. I do want to hear what he had to say after this game, and uh, let's take a listen to what Kerr thought about the win. Trace last game, but just like what what new dimension and having a center like him, what does that bring to your team? Yeah, Trace is um, fantastic. I mean, he's controlling the uh, the glass. He's 15 rebounds tonight, and um, you know he's. A lob threat. You saw a couple plays there where um, you know he dove to the rim and guys found him. And even when he doesn't get the ball on those plays, he's pulling the defense in, opening up um, other people. So he's really giving us a, a different look at that spot. And he compliments uh, Loon and Dario really well. Over the past, really since you've been here, you've never been a team centered around a center. Really plays a lot through a center. Can you think of anyone that you've had on your rosters that? might have looked like Trace, or is he just really just something new for you? I think people forget we used to have five centers on our team. For a few years, everyone wondered why we had so many centers, and now they all ask why we don't have any. But, um, you know, my first couple of years, we had Andrew Bogut, um, 
and we ran a lot of our offense through him at the top of the key, and he was a master of you know dribble handoffs and uh, diving to the rim. Um, that's pretty high praise, you know. I mean, he's got a long way to go. Trace does to to become Andrew Bogut, but it's a similar threat. Trace is also a very good passer, like Bogues was, um, but just being able to um, to run those dribble handoffs and dives, and um, you know, that's the guy that I think of. Yeah, I think. Uh, you know, if all three of your guards threw threw him a lob tonight. What does it do for them? Um, you know, when he when you have a lob threat like that. Yeah, it just it just creates um, uh, another di- uh, possible play. You know, when when they're coming downhill and he's behind the play, then that becomes an option. Um, but um, it 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 just it also pulls the defense in from the weak side, and so now you know the the pass out to the perimeter is usually more open as well. Saw you had a nice hug and long talk with Jordan after, and you're saying you you were you're happy to see him. Yeah. Was it even a little emotional, you know, going through it, seeing the video and seeing him play against you, and then obviously the moment afterwards. It was wonderful. The, the video and the uh, ovation Jordan got was to me the, the highlight of the game. Um, so well deserved um, for what he did for our organization and for our fans and and players and coaches. Just the uh, the work that he put in, and obviously. Because Becoming a key member of a championship team, uh, Jordan deserved that uh, that ovation. It was wonderful to see. Chris was plus twenty six. I think just seemed yeah. like every time he went in, you picked up the lead. Was this kind of the game for him? You know, unorganized game. Maybe things were a little loose, and then did you just see CP three just kind of take over? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, they, they play at the fastest pace in the league, and, th- and that was the, the message before the game was, you know, don't get caught up in a track meet. Um, you know, we need to make them guard and, and get great shots, um, not just decent ones. And you know, the first five minutes. We took a bunch of uh, ill-advised shots, and they raced out to a lead. So um, Chris came in immediately, and the game settled down. But that's um, that's what he does. That's who he is. He's you know one of the great point guards of all time. And seems like every game you look at the stat sheet, he's got eight or ten assists and one turnover, and you know he's plus whatever twenty-seven tonight. So um, Chris is um, he's a he's a genius point guard, and we're lucky to have him. That was Steve Kerr, head coach of the Golden State Warriors here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Evan Giddings with you live from Thrive City at Dumpling Time after the Warriors defeat the Washington Wizards to move to 500 by a final score of 129-118. And, and so many points there that I think we, we can digest as we kind of move toward the latter stages of, of tonight's postgame show. By the way, you're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ and, and HD1 San Francisco, always live on the free Odyssey app, Twitch, and YouTube. Um... I, I kind of want to start with where he ended. Uh, now, I, I do think, well, number one, uh, the Trace Jackson Davis comp to Andrew Bogut is absolutely magnificent, very high praise. That is not someone that I think a lot of people, I don't know, really understand. Even myself sometimes when I was watching th- that 2015 team, just how important he was to what they did. Now, Bogut was such a smart player as well as athletic, and what he was able to do as a passer is probably the place that TJD can improve. Um, But he shows some smarts, and he knows where to go with the basketball, so I think that's absolutely possible. But the fact that he's able to be a lob threat like Bogut was, to me, is is such a difference between this season um, and even the beginning of this year as well as last year. So I thought that was high praise. But but Chris Paul, to me, and and to kind of tie it into the Jordan Poole aspect of this game, because naturally those players are going to be linked because of the trade. To me, Chris Paul, this was a a great game for him. And he looked like the Chris Paul from the first six or eight games of the season that was continuously wrapping up, you know, plus 20s, plus 25s. You don't always see it as far as the statistics, but there's a reason why Chris Paul right now has the second-best assist-to-turnover ratio in basketball. He right now is racking up over six assists for every turnover, and he did it again tonight with 10 and he only turned it over once. So I think Chris Paul, in comparison to Jordan Poole, and I love JP, and I was on my feet cheering for a guy that helped the Warriors bring home a fourth title. But Chris Paul is the right backup point guard for Golden State, with all due respect to Jordan Poole. And to me, you see it in multiple areas. Not just, of course, his impact on the floor. Like Kerr's saying, 
the steadying presence whenever he comes into a game, knowing how to either slow things down or also speed things up. We saw him push a ball up ahead uh, to Trace Jackson Davis. We saw him push a ball up ahead to Jonathan Kaminga. He's imploring the younger guys. Like he, Chris Paul has been an empowering presence for those younger players. I wholly believe this because it's also been a case for him throughout his entire career. He has gotten greatness out of young guys. Even though he hasn't been on a championship team, he does have a track record of helping younger players. And so I'm glad to see that that manifests itself here in Golden State and has in the last, you know, couple of months. Um, in the last couple of weeks with, with Trace Jackson Davis. But to me, also the leadership aspect. Like, there was a moment on the bench. I don't know if people saw it watching on uh, on TV on NBC Sports Bay Area, where you can catch Bonta Hill, of course. Uh, but there was a moment where he was he was joking with Clay Thompson, and I'm pretty sure the camera caught him flipping him off. Like he just threw the bird up at Clay and got a laugh out of the bench. It was during a timeout, and that to me is you know maybe not leadership in the traditional sense, but you can tell that that is a guy that already like he already had respect I think from everyone on the team even before he got there. But to me, he had a place in which to go now that he can. <laughs> Thank you, Sterling. Our, our, our network coordinator, Sterling Bennett, back at studio, just, just sent the video. Yep, and there's Chris Paul flipping off Clay Thompson, who's loving every second of it. Like, that's the kind of vibes right now that the Warriors are playing with, where they can flip each other off, and it is all love. And, in fact, it's helping them probably play better. So Chris Paul, I think, is the right backup point guard for, the, for this Warriors team. Not to say that Poole can't go on and be successful in the rest of his career, but I think for what the Warriors are trying to accomplish, Chris Paul is the right guy for them right now. Now, I was also happy to see again that people embraced Jordan Poole before the game, that people embraced him after the game, that he was out there signing autographs. And I, I've told this story on the air multiple times this week, but the first jersey that I brought for my that I bought for my brother when he moved to the city and started going to Warriors games was the Jordan Poole jersey because my little brother loved Jordan Poole. And I think a lot of people felt that way about him. Even if he didn't have a great ending to his career, he still did some great things for this organization. So I was glad to see him get some love. And then, you know, go out and <laughs> pretty much do what Jordan Poole does, which is take a, a lot of bad shots, make some of them, have some fun. And unfortunately, when you're playing with a team like the Wizards, you're, you're probably also going to be taking an L home with you. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is going to continue to push Looney. He's going to continue to push other players for, for more minutes. Again, second career double-double in a row. Joining Victor Weminyama, Chet Holmgren is the only rookies with consecutive double-doubles in point and rebounds. This season, saw another steady clay game. You know, he averaged 20 points and 40% from three-point range in December. 20 points in his last uh, seven of eight. He's playing well. Jonathan Kaminga looks like he is going to be a dude for this team. Uh, for the 5-1-0, I'll give you a three. Let Chris Paul flip it. Yeah. Um, I do, so this is actually an interesting comp from the Comcast Business Text Line. Chris Paul is doing what Sean Livingston did as the backup point guard. I think they're very different players, but I'll meet you halfway that their impact is similar. Like, they, they get it done differently. Chris Paul doesn't really have a midi the way that Sean Livingston could just pull up and just midi people to death. Um, but Chris Paul is probably more of a, a facilitator than Livingston is. Like, he's not going to be a guy that scores 20 points a whole lot this season, but you look up and he's got 10 double-digit assists. You know, it seems like every other game. He's not turning over the rock. So I'm with you that there's a steadying veteran presence on the bench that is much needed for the Warriors now, similar to how Sean Livingston was able to provide that uh, for, for three championships. Shout-out to our, our YouTube chat. Hey, thank you, Murley. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Well, I don't know if I'm the best. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. You know, right now I'm trying to work my way up from the bench, uh, hopefully in, in TJD fashion. But, no, Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Like, this is a... Obviously a great time of year for everyone, but a great time for the Warriors to be playing well because a lot of people got time off. You know, maybe you're you're doing your last week of work this week. Maybe you get next week off. You get a chance to, to sit back. You're inside more because it's a little bit dreary. It's been wet lately, unfortunately. And so I think a lot of people have been really fixated on where the Warriors are and where they're going. And right now, it looks like they're going in the right direction because they got a chance to be above 500 for the first time since November 12th if they win tomorrow against Portland, and I believe that they can. So, uh, oh, looks like they're also wrapping up here at uh, dumpling time. It is, it is nearly closing time, but 
not on Warriors Wrap-Up just yet. We appreciate you tuning in as always. If you have a final call, we will certainly take it. 888-957-9570 is the number. Um, one thing kind of leaking out from post-game, the comments uh, from Steve Kerr said that this is the best stretch of basketball that Jonathan Kaminga has been playing. I would wholeheartedly agree. And I think that right now this is, even though you look at the 5-1 and one start, like they had, what, they won their first five road games, which is probably more impressive than winning four home games in a row. Uh, although I guess going back now, they've won seven consecutive home games. Uh, if you include those games against Portland, the Spurs, and then I forget who the other one was, but they were all close wins. To me, the 5-1 and one stretch is like on paper probably a, a better stretch of basketball but to me they're playing better basketball now than they were then and I don't know if it's because of the absence of Draymond I don't know if it's because at the time Wiggins was in the starting lineup and he wasn't playing very well and Curtis had to go away from him he didn't play tonight I don't know if it's because GP2 was you know in the way of uh, Pajemski not to say he can't help but Pajemski was not going to get those minutes immediately and now he's in the starting lineup and he's helping winning basketball you look at this new starting five for the Golden State Warriors and when i say new you know not necessarily uh that new but after Phoenix Steve Kerr made the switch Thursday December 14th i think i think that's a date that we can kind of mark at this point because the Warriors right now are 4 and 1 since they made those starting lineup changes and since Kaminga's been in the starting lineup, since Pajemski's been in the starting lineup, I think that also has helped Curry. I think it's helped Thompson. I think even though Looney hasn't been playing well, um, Curry's been unafraid to go away from him when he needs to. I thought Looney played better tonight, but overall he hasn't been great this season. TJD has been more impactful in the last week for sure, and I hope he can continue to do it tomorrow. But this new starting lineup for the Warriors is 4-1 and one right now. And again, that's why we talked about earlier when Draymond is you know, going through motions um, off the court, he's going to have to look at what they're doing right now and see how do I fit that. So TBD, but uh, I'm very excited for where this team is going. It is time for extending the three-point line. Curry in transition, takes it quickly down the, the near sideline, backs up, shoots a three, it's good! <laughs> Only player on earth where you would say, okay, it's okay if he shoots at I think he meant to pass it to Clay. Yeah. He's kind of backed into a three-pointer. Tim and Tom on the call there for 95-7 the game. That's extending the three-point line brought to you by West Coast Men's Health, successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenhealth.com. Just a, a ho-hum night for Curry. I mean, 30 for 30, 27 minutes, didn't play in the fourth quarter, and he just took advantage of a Washington team that I thought was pretty lackadaisical. That was just, like there was one three. I think it was the fourth one he made in the third quarter. You can go and run the tape. Corey Kispert is like two feet in front of the free throw line, and he's not even on the three-point line. And Curry's rising up, and it's like, okay, I mean, I, I guess you're technically contesting, but like you're not affecting the shot whatsoever. And this guy's already hit three threes in the first four minutes of this quarter. Can we please put a hand up or get in his jersey or try and do something? I mean, the Wizards did not play with much uh, intelligence tonight at all, and that's probably one of the reasons why they're 5-23 and 23 now. But Curry was like, dude, if you're going to give me that, do you, know, do you know who I am? Do you know the number on the back of my jersey? Do you, have, you, <laughs> have you read my resume? Uh, so I, I thought Curry in the first quarter was a, really good as a facilitator, and then once he started to find his shot and began to hunt, he was efficient and got it done early enough for the Warriors to, to, to replace him and, and take him out for the fourth quarter to get some well-deserved rest. Because, again, this was another game that I think was a perfect scenario moving into tomorrow, which is you got a back-to-back -back home slate with you know Washington and now Portland. But if you can get through this game win-handedly, again, this was the most stress-free home game that I can remember this season. And for you to do that, that gives you a better chance to go out and win tomorrow. Like, they were a little flat at the beginning of the game, and I don't think that's out of the realm of, of understanding because you just played an extremely emotional, you know, just staggeringly um, you know, emotional game against the Boston Celtics in overtime, and you won. But then you get a couple of days off. You, you know, you settle down, and then a Washington team comes in and makes, I think, like seven of their first ten shots. So I had no doubt that the Warriors would be able to get themselves off the canvas in this game. Um, but now against Portland, okay, Sin, can you make it a situation where you're winning wire to wire? And 
I, I think the Warriors are in a really, really good spot right now. Floyd Smith, J.K. relaxed. Four or five games has been an amazing difference. I don't know if that has to do with Draymond's absence. It could. It could be that Wiggins has taken a backseat, that Kaminga's been empowered by Kerr in the last week and a half. I mean, I think... <laughs> uh... Appreciate you on on YouTube. Well, I, I think I thank you for uh, for listening in. And uh, look, yeah, I mean, I, I I feel pretty sure about the Warriors tonight. So, um, anyways, that'll just about do it for this edition of Warriors Wrap Up. Appreciate you all tuning in. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero is the number for tomorrow. We are looking forward to the the Portland Trailblazers as well as your Golden State Warriors. Uh, that game is going to be a five thirty tip. Warriors Live will be at four thirty. I'll have the pregame. Tim Roy will have you at five o'clock, and then of course tip off at five thirty. Play by play action live here from Chase Center. Also got you for Warriors wrap up. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition here tonight. A big thank you to our presenting sponsors and our help tonight at Ballast Point. Also, dumpling time here in Thrive City. Big thank you to Xfinity, as always, the Xfinity 10G network. And you can use that for streaming live sports. Big thank you to Sterling Bennett, our network uh, network coordinator, along with the rest of our producers helping cut, providing excellent work behind the scenes as they do as always, as that'll do it here from Thrive City. Uh, my name is Evan Giddings saying one last time, the Warriors are victorious over the Washington Wizards. They are 14-14. and 14. They look like they have a chance to turn the corner tomorrow, quite literally, as they can move above 500. So we appreciate you tuning in as they beat the Wizards here on the return of Jordan Poole night, 129-118. to 118. Warriors got something cooking. We'll see if they can make it five in a row tomorrow. In the meantime, have a really good rest of your Friday evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.